Warning, this episode will contain discussion about collectible statues and therefore may not be suitable for some listening audiences. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 159, for the week of Wednesday, the 11th of March, 2015. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Scott. And John. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Palisades, the Muppets Super Beaker, and our discussion topic, we break down the Sideshow Collectibles Catwoman Premium Format Statue. gentlemen here we are back again a pleasure to have your company how are we good great great okay well i have to go with great over good what, what's been happening mr uh, engineer nerd I, i've had every sort of travel problem this week that i could have <laughs> lost luggage no because i carried it all on <laughs> i always carry on my luggage now i don't but I had to get uh, – I went through the uh, little scanner thing and they were like, you got something in your pocket, in the, you know, your back left pocket? No. Can I pat it down? Yes. Feel my ass. Go ahead. <laughs> well, now we need to swab your hands. And then uh, after that, I walked over to the, uh, you know, the x-ray thing for the baggage and there were one of my bags out of the two I'd put on the belt were there. And uh, so uh, I walked over there and the lady's like, um, is this your bag? Yes. I need to open it up. Is there anything sharp in it? No. <laughs> and they swapped about six places in that. And then it went it went downhill from there. Oh, even better. Yeah. So was this a, was this a work trip? Was it? Yeah. yeah. Right. I went up. I went to the the town of Minneapolis. So. Oh mm, boy, by choice. Because that's where. Yeah, that's where I get to go. You know, during winter. <laughs> You're so much worse off. The only, the only, the only downside is, is I was hoping to meet a friend of the show for F45, and I didn't get a chance. So, oh, that's I a felt shame. really, yeah, I felt really bad about that. Just kind of scheduling, and I, I was really tired when I got there Monday. So, so when you travel like that, do you organize your schedule around opportunities to duck out to retail establishments? Um, it depends on what kind of group I'm traveling with. Mm. You know, if I'm traveling by myself, it's a lot easier. So, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. That's what I try and do. I always set my own agenda and uh, make oh, sure yeah. I have plenty of time to have a look around. Yeah, well, there's got to gotta be some benefit to having to do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Well, I did. I did get to go to one of the Facebook uh, donut shops. I, I I follow. So. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So. Uh, we we felt your heart stop. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was good. Excellent. Excellent. What about you, Mr. Scotty? You've been traveling? Yeah, I was away um, this week. I've got a kind of every other week thing happening at the moment, which is super exciting. Mm. Um, the only pro is that I'm staying in the same place um, when I go, and so it's pretty comfortable. Um, you know, it's not like moving around 
different places all the time. So I've kind of found uh, a place I do like staying and I can cater for myself so I can do a little shop and, um, you know, I find all that stuff actually makes a difference to rather than eating out all the time and mm-hmm. I think so good. But um, it's only for a short period of time it'll settle down again. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have any of the issues that John appeared to have, but... <laughs> I'm probably slightly more seasoned, I would say. (laughs) Ah, well done. Well done. I did get a a message from him that said something like, I don't know how you do it. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) This is the first time I've flown for work in probably two years. Mm. So, I I think the one good thing about doing it regularly is that it doesn't take as much out of you, and you can kind of. Lucky and I was home Friday. Friday night we were, you know, sitting having television, watching a movie, and it was kind of surreal. Like, oh wow, I was not here today. Like, you know, until a couple hours ago, I was in another city, and but you just kind of adjust. So you make you make the most of it, and and I've got I've gotten pretty organized with all my gear and everything like i minimal packing i've got special bags of you get into that routine don't you oh for sure i've got special bags of certain travel stuff that i don't ever unpack um so yeah um anyway that was my week but i'm very happily to be home and i have to mention because i promised i would that i have been sitting here eating the most amazing dessert that my 11 year old made tonight she made these individual like chocolate uh, lava cakes in the oven that, like, you know, um, they're still kind of gooey on the inside. And then she made a raspberry, uh, like, sauce to go over it. And oh, OMG. Yeah, well, thanks for rubbing that in. No worries. I had a real, while I was up in Minneapolis, I had a really great uh, key lime pie. It had, like, a pretzel crust. Oh, it was good. Mm. Can you can you explain key lime pie because that's it's it's very uncommon in Australia. Yeah, it, it's like a like this a cream pie like... with <laughs> yeah, it's like a cream pie with uh, you know a hint of lime. It's not like overpoweringly lime. Mm. Okay, hmm. and Ben cream on top. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and Ben, how are you? Oh, you know, one of those weeks with family stuff going on, but um. You know, when you find stuff amongst your collection and you think, oh, oh yeah, I don't, you know, feel that attached to that anymore. And I see it's going for pretty decent prices on eBay. I should I should probably get around to selling that. I'll take some photos, dust it off, all that sort of stuff. And you think, yeah, yeah I'll get motivated and I'll do that. And then you put it up for sale and then the stupid questions start. And you go, yeah, that's why I haven't sold anything in a while. <laughs> yes. It just, honestly, it's I, and just, I think eBay's actually gotten worse, like for sellers as a with questions and stupid people. Well, it's also getting to the point where it's just not worth it because you you look at the the price that you ask for, and then you you don't really you don't really think of the fees um, no. that much. You don't give it that much thought. You know, you got to pay fees, but then by the time you pay the final price plus shipping and you pay 10% on that and then you pay uh, PayPal fees and most of the time people are paying in US dollars so then when it gets turned into Australian dollars, PayPal drops the exchange rate by about another two cents so they can make even more money off you. And so by the time you end up, you know, paying, uh, uh, you know, 16% on something like that, it's actually, um, it takes a good chunk of change out of it. And I just, I get... I get really offended by the fact that there's just so many steps where they take 
more and more money. Instead of just having it all wrapped up in one, you just yes. constantly pay and pay and pay. And I know you're paying for services, but far out. And, you know, by the time you put up with all the stupid questions and, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's that for a while and I won't revisit that anytime soon. <laughs> I try and do it in like a big bunch. So I can do it kind of once and then not have to do it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because even yeah. the even the if you're not in routine, just the like oh I saw that now I actually have to pack it up and send it thing is a drag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple of high end things I'm looking at, and you know I could probably just buy them, but I just I, I, you know there's that sort of momentary sort of um, guilt, and I think yeah if I could sell some other stuff and, and and raise sort of maybe half of the capital I need, I could justify you know spending those kind of prices. So, yes. Yeah. Anywho. That's the excitement. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe we should actually get on with the podcast and talk about some articulated news. I'm all for it. The signal goes out. The ferocious feline is on the prowl. But Bruce Wayne's custom coupe is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coupe. Other figures sold separately. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. And we are not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And Scott, you're going to kick things off. Thank you, Ben. I've got the top news as judged by you at our subreddit over at reddit.com. And the top item was actually submitted by MainMan804. And he has let us know that DC Collectibles has announced the articulation breakdown for the DC Icons uh, six-inch line that um, I am certainly excited with reservations about. And uh, we now have got – they've actually done a little – infographic of all of the articulation that's going to happen, ball joint neck, ball joint torso, hinge ab crunch, few was really worried about that one, um, <laughs> you know, etc. Um, but really exciting, I think, to see this level of articulation, and it's pretty obvious to me that, excuse me, it's pretty obvious to me that they are really going after the DC Universe Classics collector um, with this by you know, promoting basically that kind of same level of articulation. Um, so, yeah, that, that made me happy. What about you, Ben? Yeah, that's massive. I think I, I think if we went back just a few years ago to even contemplate that DC would be producing figures with this much articulation would just boggle the mind. You'd just, you know, you'd be laughed at, basically. Um, oh, for sure. I've still got DC Direct figures who that I, I just can't get to stand up. Oh yeah, the, the lack of articulation, particularly in the ankles, ankles for um, sure, makes them impossible. And to see this, um, you know, I, I really think they are taking an opportunity of that gap in the market. They're, they're aware that there was a a huge um, collective out there picking up the uh, DC Universe classics, and you know, that's what they're aiming them at. Yeah, and I mean, this is where I think that line to get the kind of uh, longevity and character selection that we would all like. Um, the specialty market is the place to achieve that. So it bodes well. Um, I'm still waiting for that really killer 
character choice that flags to me that this is going to be that kind of line. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely up for, you know, the first few. So that is exciting. And yeah. um, I think clever marketing as well um, yeah. in terms of promoting. So good stuff. And also thank you, main man 804 for uh, being our main man. I mean, um, flagging that to us. Yes. Um, next most popular news item on the subreddit was Funko's announcement of series two of the Game of Thrones mystery minis. Um, so now I don't remember series one very well, but I know you got some of these, John. Are there many repeat characters here? About the same. Oh, um, I was going to say it's about the same type of assortment. Uh, yeah. Jon Snow, but he's different. Uh, well, Daenerys, Daenerys was, was yeah. A, yeah, yeah, but it was a different one. Yeah, um, Joffrey was in there, mm. but uh, the the one I have has a crown, and uh, I don't. Is Tyrion in this one? Yeah, I guess he has. Uh, yeah, he's got the crossbow. Yeah, yeah, spoilers, yeah. and that was different too. So, so of these, cool. yeah, not being a, a fan of the show, of these um, guys, what are you most excited about? Uh, Daenerys, the dragons actually evolved because they have the, the the ones last time had the wings wrapped around them. These have the wings outstretched. Oh, that's clever. Um, yeah, uh, you got Littlefinger there. You got Oberon. Everybody will be after Oberon. Um, possessed Hodor. I'm sure he'll be popular as well. <laughs> Very good. So, I just love the expressions on their faces. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I love these mystery minis. Like Littlefinger, he's just got that that quirk with the raised eyebrow. It just looks sensational. <laughs> yeah. I'm very impressed. Very good. So those are, I believe, going to be out soon. Um, next, uh, actually a tie on the subreddit was another blind box set, and this is from Titan announcing that they have got the uh, license for Sherlock, the new British Sherlock Holmes series, not the American one with the British guy. Um <laughs> Very confusing. And uh, this is, if, if you like the uh, kind of form factor of the Titan blind box thing, then you'll like these because they're very similar to what they've done with uh, Doctor Who and the Ghostbusters stuff that they've put out. Um, I have to say, aesthetically, these are not my cup of tea. No, no. I, I agree. I, the, I just To me, they look like um, mighty mugs that have had something happen to them. <laughs> I, I think that the the non-humanoid characters work better. Like with the Doctor Who, I had a couple of Cybermen and you know, that yeah. sort of thing, and I thought they were fine. But I just the kind of oversized head, with, but and yet slightly real, like kind of realistic looking thing, doesn't grab me. But See, obviously, I like them. yeah, I, I know that's okay. What is it that you like about them? I don't know. I just I actually like the design. I like the oversized head. Yes, that is kind of fun. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I was just looking at the the one of Watson with the Parker, like he's got the Parker with the sort of the you know the big padded collar kind of thing. It just looks um, like his character in Fargo. Uh, it does. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it really does. So, I mean, there you go. If you are a fan of this property, obviously, then uh, there's not a, a huge um, number of licensing. Uh, Collect, license collectibles for it so far, so this might interest you. And a good range of collector of character selection to Sherlock's, to Watson's, and then quite a few of the supporting cast to Moriarty's as well. Um, one, yeah, I gotta think the the Regal one is probably going to be the short pack. 
Yeah, yeah, that that would be expensive to make compared to the others too. Um, so yeah, but you know, good fun and uh, popular with you on the subreddit. And then last for me is another update, and this was submitted. I apologize, the Sherlock blind box story was submitted by Tim Tam Tommy Two at Reddit, and then our next story was submitted by Philistine. Ah, I see what you I did see there. What you did. Yeah, F I L I S T Y N E. Gotcha. Um, at Reddit, and this is the latest update to the Four Horsemen Mythic Legions Kickstarter, and they have that has just gone nuts. So still four days to go. Uh, they had a goal of a hundred and forty thousand, and they've gone over two hundred. Yeah, crazy. And they have announced Azhar and Zazhar. Um, I think I would just go with them. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the or someone like that. Uh, brothers, you know, same looks at like same but different paints. Um, and I believe also they've now announced a, a another kind of um, figure and accessory pack. Yes, well, as it, well. It looks like there's quite a bit since then because the, there's a dwarf. It looks like weapon pack one, weapon pack two, um, an orc deluxe legion builder, and then the barbarian builder set. Yes, was just unlocked at two hundred thousand. So yes, so and I mentioned last week that you know I was interested in some of these, but the international shipping felt steep. Um, but uh, if you have a look now that at some of these stretch goals and things that have been unlocked, it actually uh, gets better. If you so if you, I'm actually gonna. Um, back this and the one that I every time I look at it the one that for some reason I can't go past every time is one of the kind of um, individual character dwarfs the Thorid Iron Jaw with the red beard I just love him I don't know <laughs> why but so but then if you do get one of the for international shipping if you get one of those single figures um, the other things become uh, actually pretty reasonable to add on so for example uh, that Barbarian Builder set um, is fifty dollars shipping US, fifty five with shipping international. Um, so that's gotten me over the line. Um, just it, you know, this is not really in my wheelhouse, but these designs are just so amazing. And um, the other one that I really like is the uh, Astrion, the um, oh, what do you call it, dude with the bull head, Minotaur. Minotaur, yeah, I just think that's sensational. Yeah, yeah, he's mine. That, that's pretty much. I'm going to sit down on um, in the next couple of days and, and do the math and, and work out exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah, and, um, just work out you know how I can do it as as cheaply as possible. But um, uh, the main thing with these figures from the Four Horsemen is all of their stuff seems to sell out, and they don't tend to um, revisit no. them. No, so yeah, you know, get them that's out. What, that's right. And that's why I have decided to do this because I forever am kicking myself for not doing some of the Gothotropolis Ravens because yeah. some of those are just amazing but now gone. And yeah. um, so I don't want to do do the same here. Mm. Um, for research purposes, of course, you know, for oh, the show. Right. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. for, <laughs> that's what we, I'll tell we them. We do it so you don't have to. That's right. That's mm. what I tell my wife anyway. Well, you, you guys should work together then on this pledge and – well, the things you want together. That is not a bad idea, actually. We might be able to save some shipping. Mm, mm. Indeed. Yes, but that would require us to cooperate. Mm. Uh, <laughs> find the time to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, um, speaking of cooperation, I am going to share the news by handing over now to Ben. Yes, thank you very much. And speaking of expensive, uh, Psychic <laughs> Collectibles this week solicited their Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith, 
premium format statue. And uh, very impressive statue, very impressive, uh, epic in, in scale. Um, all right, so premium format, one quarter scale, mixed media. So he's got the cloth cape. Um, let's just jump straight to the price. This guy is five hundred US dollars. And I had some minor interest, and I've seen the premium format statues finally creeping up to the four hundred dollar mark. Uh, most of them these days are sitting at 399 So um, a bit disappointed to see them at 500 I understand there's probably a lot that went into this figure, but um, with the current exchange rate, um, that's just uh, – I'm out for that. So it's just uh, just too mm. much for me. The, so Obviously, if you are a you know, big Star Wars Darth Vader fan um, and, and also a quarter-scale fan, this is – to me, what the premium formats were really, I thought, supposed to be, that you know, real mixed-media stuff yeah, happening, absolutely. which is just beautiful. Um, and he does have a head that, that moves. Yeah. Yeah, his head, his head is articulated. Articulated. Mm. Um, this is uh, The Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader. So you can remember us talking recently about the uh, changes to the costume. So he's mm-hmm. wearing his dress under his armour rather than over the top. Um, and uh, he's actually quite large. He's comes in, I mean, a lot of statues are quite big because they have raised arms and, and other various bits and pieces, but um, old Durf has his arms by his side, and he still clocks in at 26 and a half inches tall um, on a pretty spiffy base, looks um, quite sort of futuristic looking. Um, I don't think there's any light-up features or anything like that with a lightsaber. I think um, you know, most of the effort's gone into the costume. It looks like his actual um, bodysuit is material. So. But anyway, uh, one of the names attributed to this particular piece is Joe Menna, who we've talked uh-huh. about in the past. Yes. So Joe has been involved in the sculpt. So anyway, he's expected to ship him in March 2016. Ha, ha, ha. Um <laughs> Good, good luck with that for all you people ordering. And um, he weighs 11 and a half kilos, so uh, that'll Yikes. see back a few bucks. Uh, very impressive, but unfortunately I will be taking a pass. Me too. Man, that, that lightsaber looks just precarious out there. Oh, it does, The way it sticks it? out from the side. Yeah. I'm assuming that sort of stuff is usually made from sort of like an acrylic so that you could you know, literally bend it and it just sort of flex back into into shape. It's not usually made from something as, as breakable as like the polystone that the main statue is made from. So, um, moving on to more Sideshow Collectibles news. Those of you who saved up your hard-earned bickies to buy your Catwoman premium format statue from Sideshow will be absolutely thrilled to know that the next release or the next uh, statue to be solicited from Sideshow Collectibles is the Catwoman premium format statue. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is one they're referring to as classic, and most people sort of scratch their heads a little bit because this is the version from the 90s as depicted by Jim Ballant. Uh, Jim Ballant did the, the famous purple costume um, that uh, was a bit of a, a revision with the long hair sort of sticking out the back. Um, we've only seen one uh, one promo pick for this piece so far, uh, and it looks very Jim Ballant-ish. Uh, mm. One thing I seems to be obvious is that this is um, not a bodysuit. This is actually a sculpted um, sculpted figure, unlike the um, the regular release that we just got. So, but anyway, um, I, I'm quite a fan of the Jim Ballant costume. I quite liked it, but I'm not feeling the face. On this, no, it's not. She's a bit um, kind of a 
evil, evil kind yeah. of psychotic look on her face. Um, don't know. Um, I don't I'm like also... it. <laughs> I don't know. Shocker. Uh, and then there's the Peter Gallery. This is my Catwoman, actually. Yeah, well, when look, I was I... reading a lot of Batman. It was for me too, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think Catwoman is one character who has actually benefited from an overhaul. I really do like the black costume that the recent statue came with. Um, and I think, you know, just sort of pointing to the elephant in the room, I really don't understand why they've gone with this. Um, and maybe in, in the world of pop culture statue collecting the TNA cells, um, that there are, a, a, you know, a legion of, of people out there buying these, you know, statues because of um, that element. Um, but, you know, with so many characters and people with these long, long want lists, mm. I just don't know how many people had in their top five the Jim Ballant Catwoman. Mm. Um, I have to say, if I had, like, if I was presented with the two at the same time, I'd probably be inclined to get this one. Um, simply because, you know, I, 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 even though I agree, this isn't really classic. Um, yeah, I, I like this look as well. Um, but yeah, I, it's hard obviously, um, to, for them to, I guess, share their whole roadmap, but it feels odd timing. Yeah, it's just very peculiar that we've had so many Bat characters and I understand Bat characters must be there. You know, when we talked to Randy Bowen, he discussed um, why he continues to produce Thor, Captain America, Wolverine over and over again because they sell. Yep. Um, And so obviously Bat characters sell more so than, um, you know, I don't know, Green Arrow villains. Hmm. Um, so that's why. But to get another Catwoman so soon when, you know, you'd have a guaranteed seller with Two-Face or the Penguin or Bane or... I don't, <laughs> know, don't know. Anyway, we'll see. We'll yeah, see well, um, what this looks like. Also, what the, the exclusives are and if there are any swap-out bits and pieces. Hmm. Should be advised. That's right. And moving on with more Sideshow Collectibles news, and we got the solicitation for the uh, Pacific Rim Gypsy Danger statue, and uh, this is limited edition 1500 and um, is a much more reasonable statue price of $399, um, so 400 bucks. And um, he's actually not that big. I don't know what you would actually call this, whether you know, they're calling it a Marquette or whatever, um, because, you know, you're not... You're scaling down a giant robot. Um, standing on a bit of a uh, rocky base, this guy's going to tip out at, what, 20 inches, about 50 centimetres tall. And, um, yeah, he's pretty darn huge. Anyway, very nice. This is um, well-weathered Gypsy Danger, lots of little chips out of his paint. It'd be very interesting to see how the, the final piece comes out with that much detail in the paintwork. Um, Sideshow have now gone and added their little um, prototype shown uh, blurb to most of their solicitations now because a lot of people have um, been unhappy with how the, the final uh, piece comes out compared to the original solicitation. So mm. uh, it'll be interesting just to see how well they can match that um, finish, I guess. So I actually finally saw this movie. Um, <laughs> it was on 
you know, I was away for work this week and I, I didn't see the very beginning of it. I saw something in the hotel, started watching. I have to say that I think if I'd seen it in the theaters, I probably would have left with Justin. <laughs> Cause the, the, the human, act, the, the human acting in direction is so bad. It's so bad. And on the small screen, it just does not, it feels like, you know, great CGI and then like bad Saturday morning cartoon. Um, <laughs> because the, the, it's just obviously they, they needed a different director to direct the humans. Um, <laughs> or, but, you know, actors that could act. Uh, but I mean, like Charlie Day, you know, as an example, is like, is hilarious in the right movie, but it just, you know, not directed well. So just not enough restraint to not feel like he's just kind of chewing the scenery up. Um, so anyway, I just thought it was terrible. <laughs> And so now that Scott's seen the movie, yeah, but- that will be the last piece of Pacific Rim merchandise we'll probably ever talk about. Because <laughs> that's it. They won't produce anymore now. No, that's right. Done. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd had to share that. Mm. Sorry, John. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, I wish this had had uh, swap out hands, or at least mm-hmm. a hand that was swapped out with a weapon. Yeah, because that kind of open hand. I mean, he had a plasma cannon, he had the sword thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just would have been nice, to, I think, to have some kind of swap out as an exclusive. Yeah, I'd say all the uh, the costs are going into that paint job, or um, something that lit up, mm. like the yeah. the big reactor in the front. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, talking about more expensive things. Well, ain't this a doozy? Um, we had a hint that this one was coming uh, some time ago, uh, and Hot Toys have finally solicited their um, Avengers Age of Ultron Iron Man six-scale Hulkbuster figure. And, uh, yeah, he's um, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, he's got a little bit of detail. <laughs> A little bit of detail. Anyway, um, yeah, look, this is a massive figure. Now, remembering this is an action figure. This is a Hot Toys figure. He comes in at 21 inches, 55 centimetres. Oh, um, LED light-up eyes and arc reactor, uh, metallic red gold and silver armour, 16 LED light-up areas. So, um, yeah, he doesn't seem to come out with, with any sort of swap-out parts or anything like that, which I guess we're used to with Hot Toys, you know, with... Uh, multiple hands and accessories and stuff like that. But then I guess um, all the bucks went into the actual design and, of course, the uh, the LED. Mm. But uh, this is – I mean, I have zero interest in, in paying 825 bucks for an action figure. But, uh, man, oh, man, uh, this is uh, insanely detailed. The, I have to say that that is so far above what I – I thought – knew this was going to be really expensive – but you know, I kind of thought, could this hit six hundred? You know, would it, you know, could it be six fifty? Um, that is amazingly expensive. <laughs> it is. It is, and it doesn't even look like it opens up. Oh, I don't think it really does anything. I think that's just it. Oh. So, I mean, obviously, there's a few bits and pieces that open up on the gauntlets and stuff like that, but it certainly doesn't open up to you know reveal Stark inside or anything like that. So that'll be the version two. After you've spent your eight hundred and twenty-five US dollars, they'll do the, <laughs> the second version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is. I'm sure that they will have absolutely no problem selling this. No. Um, but I'm actually like, 
over Hulkbuster already just from the amount yeah. of, you know, like it's because I, I, I'm sure it's will be, you know, a really good part of the movie, but that's actually nothing to do with why I'm going to see this movie. Yes. So I'm getting a bit sick of it. Yeah, I don't understand why everyone's so gaga about just a giant suit of armor, considering we had so many Iron Man armors rammed down our throats, including some big ones like Eagle. I, I, I don't understand why this is just garnering so much attention, particularly from merchandisers. I mean, yeah, sure, the idea of an, a suit of Iron Man armor that can take on the Hulk, but, you know, Hulkbuster's been around a long time. Yep. Still mm-hmm. in- inevitable. Inevitable. Yes. Anyway. All right, in my last bit of news, uh, 3.0 have been uh, doing some really good stuff in their uh, one tw- uh, sorry, 1.6 scale uh, domain recently with uh, Heisenberg and, and whatnot, and we've actually seen a bit of a sneak peek of some stuff that's on the work table, uh, and in addition to um, some Walking Dead stuff and some uh, Game of Thrones, we've actually seen that we're going to be getting some 1.6 scale Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie figures. So um, some really, really detailed 1.6 scale figures from um, a really, really crappy film. Yeah. Um, but they, they do look amazing. They look spot on and they look, you know, there's this full-on mixed media here and, and the level of detail that the Turtles uh, actually have in those films with all of the particular, um, you know, individual items that they wear and things like that. They all wear their bandanas slightly different and they're covered in various charms and, you know, bits and things like that. Um, they do look incredibly detailed. I'm actually totally distracted by the um, Walking Dead. Uh, mm. in, in that photo, there's the little girl from the zombie from the uh, pilot. Mm. Can, you, can you see with her little slippers funny, and funny slippers? Yep. Yeah, freaky. Yeah. yeah, that's a bizarre. Um, I mean, like amazingly detailed, but a very bizarre thing to make a toy of it in that scale. Yeah. She's a uh, pack in for Rick, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there is like a Rick articulate a pack in possibly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can see Rick Grimes in various uh, bits and pieces there, as well as Jon Snow and. Yep. So anyway, some really nifty stuff those guys are doing, and I've um, my finger has certainly hovered over their Heisenberg figure um, a couple. Oh times. really? Yeah. Wow. I wish I wish one of them would change their name between three A and three um, zero. They work so, together a bit too, don't they? So it's sometimes it's, they do stuff together. It's very someone, confusing. Change your name, someone. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that is my last piece of news. So I believe John, you got some stuff. Okay. <laughs> we probably need Adam to really rightly discuss this next one, but we're seeing from Figure Arts, Super Sailor Moon. And she looks like she has on little extra bits around her dress and has articulated ponytails. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and has all the, uh, it looks like, swap out faces, because I know at least one of these pictures has a different face on it, so... Um, her hair almost looks like it has a translucent pearlescent effect to it that I don't remember yeah. seeing on the other one. But um, I assume this is the ultra powered up version, maybe of her. Super. Adam, Adam, Adam will have to correct us on this because I have never watched any Sailor Moon. Apparently, it includes the spiral heart moon rod, um, <laughs> and or the rainbow moon chalice. Yes, right. Mm. And uh, eleven hands. Yeah, three expressions and 11 hands. So, <laughs> there you go. 
Oh, boy. Some of them have to be relaxed hands, I would think. For sure. That's a lot of little tiny hands to um, throw around your man cave. Yeah, I wonder if um, they'll come on that little post like he was talking about, came the other, the other ones were starting to come with. Yeah. That would be good to keep track of them with. Well, good to know that it's not just the you know lines that I collect that reissue the main characters in slightly different forms just to make more money. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's all common writer SH figure arts. Yeah, true. You have one character, and you know they change so much in the the shows that you know you get three or four versions of them. So, <laughs> but um, moving on to one we'll probably only get one version of. Uh, we are seeing from Interbay a um, the everybody the figure everybody's been clamoring for, Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> ben, 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 yes, can you buy yes. this one. Uh, I'm not, um, though, you know, it's actually based on uh, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme from his um, JCVD uh, appearance in um, the movie of the same name. So, huh. it's, um, so it's, it's him as a, as a bit of an old chap. JCVD was kind of like this um, sort of sort of semi-fictionalised version where he plays himself but a parody of himself kind of thing. It's quite a, it's a bit of a serious crime drama. So, um, yeah, yeah he's, he's looking a bit older. Yeah, I don't. If I had just seen that portrait, I don't know that I would have recognized him. No, no way. Well, I mean, if you see him in Expendables too, he doesn't really look much like himself anymore because he's had plastic surgery and you know he's in his fifties, etc. So, I don't know that the likeness is as good as it could be. Um, But they seem to have a a lot of luck with um, these kind of figures. Like they're Bruce Lee figures, Um, you know, go for considerable sums on the secondary market. So. Hmm. Well, well, the cool thing is the stand because you can have him doing, you know, pretty much straight outward mm. kicks with both legs at the same time. So doing his famous splits that he that he was uh, yeah. contractually obliged to do in every film. Yeah, it's it's neat. Stand <laughs> for it, but, uh, um, he's under their real masterpiece series, and will set you back a hundred and eighty dollars. So yeah, that's there about you go. right for yeah. yeah. I don't, uh, not for me. No. So do you reckon he said plastic surgery? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's sad. His nose broken and his, you know, half his face broken. So (laughs) I'd imagine that's probably part of it. (laughs) And speaking of broken people, (laughs) we're seeing from Gentle Giant a uh, seven-inch mini bust for Glenn from the Walking Dead TV show. Uh, A very clean Glenn. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, this statue looks like, you know, Glenn before everything started. He's got his backpack and a gun. Um, looks very young, Glenn, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and, uh, I don't know why, if you were going to... Um, for something like this, which, you know, I would imagine they're only ever going to make one bust... Um, why you wouldn't do the more kind of iconic baseball cap sort of look. Um, yeah. yeah, and this one he's got his backpack over his shoulder, which kind of implies it's very, very early on. Yes. Yeah. That's what he used to do his runs with. Yeah. And, it's, and his hair shorter. Yeah. Because isn't his hair long in the back now? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, by the way, uh, I think you know last week when we were talking about something about Walking Dead and I was saying uh, – Really hope that when they get to Alexandria, there's a hairdresser there. Hello. Yeah, I know. Did you watch it? <laughs> I was like, I predicted that would happen. Spoilers. <laughs> what a convenient plot, plot line. 
<laughs> I don't know if between this episode and the last one, though, if um, uh, Carl hit puberty, but he sure seemed oh. like his voice dropped. Yes, I thought that, too. His one. voice was so much deeper. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I was just so glad that it's finally a decent episode in this half of the season. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call that a decent Well, relative to okay. r- relative to the previous yeah. It was a lot better. Everybody that I work, I was talking to, was picking out the people. Oh, well, that guy's probably dead. That guy's probably dead. You know, kind of thing. So, <laughs> I don't know. We will continue to watch The Walking, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if Glenn's your character and you really want to have a cleaned up version of him, you can have him for $81 in the fourth quarter this year. Hmm. I don't know. Like I said, he looks too clean. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you could always buy it and like roll it in a bit of dirt or something. If I'm going to spend eighty bucks on it, <laughs> you want it pre pre dirt rolled. Yeah, pre dirt rolled. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, uh, Acid Rain showed some stuff at the Toynami showroom in Toy Fair, and um, these are one eighteenth scale figures, meaning they're like GI Joe figures. Uh, they're kind of futuristic military armored. Um, figures. Um, I've heard the What's on Joe Mind guys talk about these a little bit, and I think Justin even reviewed one or two of these um, a while back because mm-hmm. I think they've had some out previously. Um, Decent-looking figures, you know. Uh, kind of got that Fallout video game look to them to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I suppose that's probably what they're supposed to be intended to look like, but uh, um, working holsters, very G.I. Joe-looking inspired, you know. Kind of like G.I. Joe in the future, maybe. I don't know. I think they look cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we've talked about the tanks, like the vehicles in this range in the past as well. They're very sort of cube sort of yeah. appearance. Good-looking figures. I, I don't know, you know, for me, I, I, it's not really my my era. I'd prefer something just a little more um, realistic-looking, mm-hmm. I guess I could say. But uh, definitely good-looking figures, and if you're interested in 118 figures, this might be right up your alley. So uh, make sure to go ahead and check that out. You know, I think you you might might be interested. Uh, the the ghillie suit guy, though, he comes with an actual ghillie suit, so he's got this like rope uh, string made uh, suit over him for camouflage. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's they're very different. That's for sure. Yeah, I'd be right. worried about about Mrs. about Mrs. Nerd seeing that as like a big pile of string and just picking it up and throwing it. Yeah. <laughs> or the dogs treating it as a chew toy. Oh yes, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Oh look, a rope bone up on the shelf. Here you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so yeah, if you're interested in that stuff, go check that out. Uh, but my last little bit of news: I was surfing a site and I saw for pre-order from Bandai a Snowspeeder model kit. And uh, I didn't realize they had done this. It's a 148th snowspeeder. Um, comes with a couple of different pilots. Uh, you could get them with a couple of different versions of flaps. Looks like this one needs glue and paint, but I don't know. You know, I've seen some of the Bandai stuff say that before, and, you know, it, it really didn't because then it also says it's snap fit construction. So I, I, it, it's pre order right now. Um, I think it's coming out in March, if I read right. So maybe later this month, um, and yeah. it also comes with a Hoth display base. So it's it's a good looking kit, though. Um, I, I did you know, actually. Like I, said, I, 
I was going to say, I, I did actually wonder how long it was, but then I read, oh, it's 148 scale, and I knew immediately. <laughs> you mean you don't have it all, like, you know, in a spreadsheet that you can refer to? No, no. I was actually going to go outside and, and measure the length of my real snow speeder, and then I could, you know, work <laughs> mm, that out. Fair enough. Just divide it by 48. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought about doing that, too. If, if I had woke up a little earlier, I probably would have had a little more information on that, but... Um, I was going to look up the snow speeder and uh, it's just a, a pet peeve when they they announce a scale size of a fictional thing. Well, yeah, but this one would have an actual scale. I mean, oh, I'm it's sure. not like a, a you know yeah. a, a starship out you know like a star destroyer. This this one you could almost measure from a film. That, I think that's it, so. that's kind of counter to character for you, Ben, to to not like detail. Mm. You know, I just think saying that it's 148 scale or, you know, and measuring 22 centimetres or something like that is not that unreal. You know, I, I got not, it, yeah. Not an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. It's the same yeah. when they, they do the space battleship Yamato and they go, oh, this model kit of the Yamato is, you know, 1 264th scale. And it's like, oh, of course. Well, I know exactly how big that is. Okay, I understand now. What would be awesome is if they did a 148th add, add to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Probably won't happen. It'd be seven hundred dollars, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, well, would be cool though. Some people yeah, might pay that. Yeah, it's not unreasonable. But um, well, from what you know, the picture they have, it looks pretty pretty cool. Um, I did see another picture online somewhere with the flaps up, and it looked it looked good as well. So, um, yeah, cool. You know, what it is a model kit, your own personal mileage may vary. And it talks about something with two different um, canopies. With one with a window frame and one without, so I'm not sure, and has two figures in it. So, um, huh. just kind of interesting, I thought, to see Bandai kind of doing model kits for vehicles because we hadn't seen that, I don't think, up till now. Uh, normally, I think Rebel's done all the other kits, but what do I know? Mm, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Had to, you, know, you left yourself open. I yeah. do know that. I know. I do know that that's my my news. So, <laughs> very good. All right. Well, that wraps up the articulated news, and we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game. Name that. Now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TVandFilmToys.com, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So over to you, John. Well, thank you very much. That's a pretty good introduction. Um, we'll just get right to business and we'll play a sound. How's that be? Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Motor's turn. Here's Mesh. Build a solar station. Design a rover to explore the unknown. Invent a space-age submarine. Well, guys, did you have any guesses? Or did you Playmobile. That's a great guess, <laughs> but it's um, not correct. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I kind of saw the result on the forum, uh, so... Well, I didn't see it. Our good friend Ease finally struck back and, and got one in and got it right. He knew that was Yay, a, Ease. He knew that was a Capsella set. <laughs> you should, oh, I was close. Yeah, you were close. You were on the right track. <laughs> I never you. had any Capsella, so um 
that was kind of a one for me. I just, um, mm. kind of fascinated by it, really. You'd think that an engineer to be would have had some of that, but <laughs> I never really did. So it was more of a Lego yeah. person, but, um, anyway, I, I think that was pretty good. And congrats, Ease. You got a point in the form. And, uh, Capsella and Playmobil are similar in my brain in terms of stuff that I knew was there, but never had. Yeah. Yeah. Capsella's not something I ever had. See, did you, I, I did they have it in Australia? Oh, I'm pretty sure I, I, I recall it. Um, so I've seen, obviously seen ads for it or, unless I saw ads for it in the American comics. I don't know. Mm. Mm, I get confused easily. It looked complicated <laughs> to me as a kid. You know, like each one of those little things would have stuff in it and I don't know. It looked complicated. I guess I kind of <laughs> like that. Like some of the bigger mm. micronaut sets, you know how they look kind of complicated. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just me. I didn't like complicated (laughs) as a kid. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of complicated, we should probably put a new sound in for everybody to guess, so we will put that in right here. You're trapped. Look behind you. I'm not playing with that. Just did. I've got to fly. How about a lift? And we'll be kind and uh, rewind and play that one more time. You're trapped. Look behind you. I'm not playing with that. Just did. Ha! 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 I've got to fly. How about a lift? So, Ben. Yes. If they thought they knew what that was, where would they go? Tell the people where to go. They would go to. They would go to the Action Figure Boost forum at www.afbforum.com. And Scott, if they happen to go to the forum, sign up, find the name of that thread, and got it right, what would they get? They would get a lock of hair from the uh, presenter of the show of their choice, except John. Because I have no hair. It'd have to yeah. be back hair. <gasps> yeah. And, well, I suppose, you know, hey, whatever floats your boat. What if they got our hair and then, like, did DNA and cloned us? Well, it depends on who it was. If it was me, the world would obviously be a better place. Oh, I took the words out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If, if it was, <laughs> if it was Ben, we'd have no sentinels left for anybody to buy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Anyway. Imagine, imagine if like, you know, the person pumping up the eBay prices of all the things that you want was actually like a clone of you. <laughs> Wouldn't that piss you off? Yeah, it'd be even worse if, if it turned out to be like, you know, all of Justin's sending me the stupid questions. Oh, yeah. I've, I've always wondered if there's like another podcast out there we don't know about, like a bizarro AFB, you know, <laughs> that, that's like, you know, four Americans and one Australian and, you know. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Possible. Yeah. If you listen to that show, let us know. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're All talking right. about, you know, like the same things we are and, eh, never mind. Or it's like, you know, the, um, every episode, the, uh, Australian discovers things that about they don't have. Yeah, about America. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly what foodstuffs they don't have. Yeah. Come in a four pound can. 
<laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe the Bizarro version is like uh, a food podcast, <laughs> but they talk about toys every once in a while. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be it for sure. Yeah. yeah, I love it. This is really taking shape. We could make this podcast. <laughs> yeah, fun. A, a travel uh, podcast where in the intro they talk about toys. I did see an Outback in uh, Minneapolis last week. I thought of you guys. So. Oh my! I think it'll bloom in just for yeah. I, I thought about trying to convince yeah. everybody to go there for dinner the one night, but they didn't want it. So. Just walk past and flipping the bird. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, if if this is too hard for you because you're thinking about food, um, come over to TV and Film Toys on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we play the picture version, which is much easier, except for last week because I didn't have really any Internet connectivity, so I didn't get it in and time. <laughs> so I will this week. I promise. Hooray. All right. Well, thank you, John. And coming up next is the Toy of the Week with John. Yay. Yeah. This is the future, yours to create and control with Capsella. These two capsules come together in a snap. Motors turn, gears mesh, build a solar station, design a rover to explore the unknown, invent a space-age submarine, and now, Capsella's 17-function computerized remote control, an infrared wireless keyboard that programs up to 94 commands. Now the future is yours to create and control with Capsella. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and these might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. And, John, you're winding the clock back. Yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of always end up talking about retro stuff just because I love it. I'm not going real retro this time. I had some ideas too, but I'm going to save those. Um, (laughs) If... You were on the forum when I joined. I, you might remember, I think my first, um, avatar was actually Beaker because, um, uh, obviously he's engineering and science related and, um, he's one of my favorite Muppets just cause, you know, poor Bunsen takes out his world on him <laughs> you know, pretty much. Uh, and, uh, you know, Palisades, when they were doing their Muppet figures, came out with a number of really cool beakers. Uh, they have a beaker and a tuxedo that came as an exclusive. They have an invisible spray beaker. Um, they have a fully invisible beaker. So there was all sorts of exclusive beakers available. And um, one of my favorites is actually uh, the Super Beaker. And he came out in 2004 as an SDCC exclusive. Now, when Palisades would do their exclusives, they would actually put them in a box with a tray. So, um, yeah, he was collector-friendly versus, uh, you know, some of the other releases where the, the standard releases have worn one of those teat-sealed blister, you know, things. So, um, a little more collector-friendly. Now, Beaker, because he's called Super Beaker, you'd think, oh, he's a superhero. But no, he's really more based on the Rocketeer. So he has a red sweater on with a big B on the front, um, some khaki shorts and some boots. But then add to that, uh, he's wearing oven mitts mm-hmm. on, on each hand. And then he has a Rocketeer-type backpack on. 
and then a helmet that is made out of what looks like a bucket because it has a handle on it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he is just, uh, you know, uh, definitely based on the Rocketeer. Um, I guess there was not reference for him. Uh, he's one of Ken Lilly's designs who was in charge of product development at, at Palisades when they were up and running. Um, the backpack if you had a six inch figure, this backpack would probably work pretty well if you wanted to do your own Rocketeer figure. Uh, it, it, it's that close and nobody would probably even notice. Um, you know, he's a standard Muppet, so he has some articulation. His feet rotate. Um, and then he's got, you know, the ball jointed shoulders. He's got uh, the gloves turn, the elbows. Um, so he's got like all the standard articulation you'd expect in a figure of this era, except for, oh, no, he does have a waist. It was just a little bit jammed up there. Um, he doesn't have knees because he's wearing shorts. You can actually see Beaker's legs, which is pretty unusual. I don't think, I don't know if I've ever seen Beaker's legs other than this figure, um, but they are very spindly, as you would expect. He's a pretty thin little guy. Um, so a couple of the neat features, though. Uh, Accessory-wise, he comes with three different heads. And I know you're going three. Well, he comes with the bucketed head um, Rocketeer-type helmet. So it's, it's actually a swap-out head instead of, uh, you know, helmet over top. Um, then he comes with a standard beaker head, which has the open mouth. And they did a really great thing here because just like all the other beaker figures, the mouth is a separate, like, rubber piece. So it's a little flexible. But um, that really let them paint the inside, you know, red so that you can get the real Beaker look on it. And then the third head is actually, um, you know, when Beaker gets scared, he pulls his head down into his shirt. It, it's mm. actually the, the regular Beaker head, but it's only about the top half of it. Oh, so that's can, awesome. So, so, so he can pull his head down into his sweater <laughs> and, and, and have that look. Um, Very cool. Overall, I mean, um, I think everybody will know, you know, Palisades really knocked it out of the park with all of these figures. And, uh, you know, it was a labor of love, obviously, for them. And there's, you can just see in all the little details. I mean, the inside of the oven mitts, you can see, um, you know, padding sculpted in and the, the sweaters ribbed. It's not just flat. And there's straps on the backpack and um, just detailing on the backpack and the laces on the boots. Everything is just great. Um you know, the expression on his face, it's, it's obviously Beaker. There's, there's no, no debating this is Beaker. Um, all of their Muppets where there was uh, fabric, you know, they're, they're textured. So they look right. Um, one thing I did notice, and, and I don't know if this is due to the age of this figure, you know, obviously I said he's what, 2004. So he's 10 years old. Um, a lot of the paint's very sticky on him. Um, I don't have him on my regular display, so I had to go get him out of a drawer. But the the hair paint, the orange hair that Beaker has, is very sticky and oily. Um, And that's on both the Beaker heads. And then the backpack and even the the bucketed helmet, so the metallic-type paints, are very sticky as well. Um, I don't know if that's the wash over him or if it's, uh, you know, the metallic paints. So, is it something that you've experienced with any of your other Palisades Muppet figures? Yeah, and it's it's kind of random, you know. Hmm. Um, it's not every one, but it, it looks like maybe some of the paints they used uh, have some stickiness, some tackiness to them. So, if you're probably if you're buying a a new Muppet figure and you're going to take it out of the package, um, I'd probably just be careful when you're doing it and, and take it very slowly, just to make sure you don't. Um, you know, damage any of that paint if, if you want to display them out of the package. So, 
I, I think that's something to keep in mind. Um, the backpack just pegs on. Now, my one probably downside to this figure, I said I didn't keep him on my regular display. I had him for a while on display. Um, the problem comes in is because his legs are so spindly and his feet actually turn, he actually has little balls that fit into his feet. And if I stand him up for long periods of time, the, the right foot seems to come out of that ball. Like it, it doesn't support the weight real well. And he'll, he'll kind of start leaning and then all of a sudden, you know, everything but his foot will be on the ground. So, um, that's the one downside I think to this figure is he just, even with a stand, um, I mean, I could put the stand on the left foot. It, it doesn't, he doesn't want to seem to stand on those real spindly legs, um, for, for long periods of time. So, um, and that might just be mine. Uh, like I said, the, the right foot seems to be a little worse than the left foot for that. So, uh, but he just kind of seems to bend over at those feet and all of a sudden he'll be collapsed. And then he's got that big backpack on. So his center of gravity isn't always the best depending on how you have him posed either. Uh, I mean, I could probably find a place in my display for him without a, you know, behind something where he's kind of leaning, but, um, I just haven't, uh, just cause I got frustrated with that cause I had him on a stand, um, in, in part of it and it didn't work out for me. So, uh, I found him on the floor one morning and panicked. <laughs> Oh dear! Because because there was a dog rushing at him. Ooh, what's that? But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely Beaker, and I I wouldn't not have him in my collection. And um, I do love him. Um, I just don't have him on display. So um, probably overall Dolly rating, I'd probably give him an eight and a half, just because of the the spindly legs and coming out. Um, mm-hmm. I know that seems like a lot to take off, but. Uh, compared to their regular engineering and stuff, I I think that just maybe fell a little short, but you know, if you had them in the box, it wouldn't be an issue, but obviously I'm, I'm an opener. So, so do you have another beaker on display? Yeah, I actually have yeah. a couple of beakers on display. Cause I normally display the regular one yeah. and then, um, I have the invisibility one on display and then I have a different part of my display where I have all my tuxedo figures together. So, and Bunsen and beaker came in the tuxedos together. So they're always <laughs> standing next to one another. Cute. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So kind of a look back. Can't get have enough Muppets. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the, uh, the one line I regret not collecting uh, with any kind of anger. So, hmm. Yeah, there's only a few of them that I don't have that I want. Um, but the ones that I don't have are uh, salty on the secondary market. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Look out, it's Jackie Chan! Oh no, Shadow Gun! I have to split! Single round! With Jackie Chan, the high-octane martial arts never stops! Shadow Gun come fly! What goes up must come down! Action-packed figures from Jackie Chan Adventures, each sold separately. Well, we're all here because we collect, so feeding the addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. And, Scotty, what'd you get? I uh, got my um, Sinestro premium format statue from Sideshow Collectibles. 
Did you um, now? I did, which I believe might be a topic of conversation a bit later on for someone else. Mm. Um, but, and I obviously will plan to, I will review this at some point, but mine's awesome. I got number four. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very happy with it. Outstanding. Yes. <laughs> so someone else might have a story about that later. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. But um, that, that's all for me. Yeah. All right. Probably good. And John? I found a really good price on um, SH Figure Arts Common Rider Forze Module Set Number 1. Gesundheit. <laughs> so these are little add-on sets to do the different uh, switch powers. So this ah, one's yes, got yes. this one's got a magic hand, a camera, radar, and then the missile launcher accessory that goes on his right leg, mm-hmm. and then all the little switches that go with it. So, yeah, well, there you go. I know you, you guys are going, huh? Uh, mm, yeah, I think this is yeah. one that um, you know pictures. Yeah, a picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah, I, I, I will probably. Do one of these as figure of the week, but or toy of the week. But I want to uh, wait until I have all my pictures taken because it'll make a lot more sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very good. All right. Last but not least, uh, I came across the next wave of Funko Legacy Game of Thrones figures, the six-inch figures, and uh, there's six figures in the next wave, and I picked up half of them. Uh, I picked up Brienne. Uh, Jamie Lannister and uh, Daenerys, who is the the first character to get a second figure. Mm. So um, I actually knew that this Daenerys was coming, um, so I didn't actually get the one from the first series. So because I actually prefer this version, the way she's dressed um, this time around. Okay. So, um, yeah. And, which uh, one is this one? Which one is the second one? Um, uh, this is the um, um, the more recent version. Uh. So she doesn't look like a, a runaway teenager. <coughs> so and uh, yeah, I think I'll be covering some of these in a toy of the week because um, the level of detail in Jamie Lannister's armor is very impressive. Um, there's a few characters like that that I thought this will be interesting to see how they they manage to achieve it because of the level of detail. So that's a story for another day. Very good. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, uh, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, red carded is the time in the podcast where we uh, complain or bemoan or just shake our heads, and uh, I'm not sure which category this is going to fall into, but I'm going to hand over to Ben to hand it out. Thank you very much. Uh, as many listeners will be aware, both Scott and I are quite passionate about the one-quarter scale statues that come from SciShow, the premium format statues. Um, many of the same characters um, Scott and I uh, acquire at the same time, and it gives us the opportunity to, to do a breakdown, which we are doing later in this show. Uh, and we've had a, a really good run with um, many of the statues, such as Batman and Superman. Uh, we've been very impressed with the quality, the finish, etc. Um, and 
it was interesting. Scott sent me a message to say, hey, my Sinestro premium format statue from Sideshow has shipped. I got my shipping notice. And I went, oh, I should get mine soon. And I think about an hour later, I got mine. Um, so uh, as we do, we, we sit there and, uh, and watch it travel because FedEx um, brings it all the way over. And um, my Sinestro turned up and I have had a bit of a bit of bad luck recently with some statues and so I thought oh well Sinestro doesn't feature uh, any mixed media so there's um, you know there's no actual pleather or anything like that so it should be fairly straightforward Uh, and I began to unpack my statue and quite quickly um, my excitement turned to misery when I found that the very complex base that Sinestro comes with um, it's a translucent base that's made to look like a type of construct um, that he would make with his ring uh, was actually broken in mm. two places. Oh. Now, on closer inspection of the base, you can see that the, the by the very nature of it, they've made it out of a number of pieces and very subtly um, connected it and, and glued it together. And so um, to begin with, I actually thought these um, particular well, what turned out to be breaks were, might have been just part of the base, but um, comparing it to photos online, I realised that there were two very jagged but um, clean breaks through the base to the point where I didn't actually even get Sinestro onto the base because um, it became so unstable. Um, so I thought, okay, that's disappointing. Um, I had a bit of bad luck with my Wonder Woman statue uh, as well with the base and Sideshow were very, very good. Uh, and the person I dealt with in customer service has um, actually dispatched a new base to me. And uh, so I thought, yep, that's great. Um, but then when I took Sinestro himself out of the box, I noticed that there were two paint chips missing um, from his chest area. The this is Sinestro in his Sinestro Corps uniform, so the black and um, black and yellow, black and gold uh, uniform, which has piping that separates the gold and the black. And it looks as if someone has actually brushed his chest up against something, and so two large paint chips were um, removed from his chest. So um, both the base and the, the body of the statue were damaged, and uh, so my disappointment. Um, so I immediately immediately sat down and filled out a, um, uh, a replacement request. Uh, Sideshow actually has a form for it, if you can believe that. Um, so I filled that out. Um, what was worrying me was all the chatter online and in some uh, some other forums where people were getting damaged pieces and they were asking for replacement parts. Um, so I diligently filled out the form, sent it away, and then promptly waited um, uh, five working days to get a reply. Um, I did send mine on Sunday, and it took a week to get a reply from Sideshow, only to be told that um, they had no replacement bases and that um, if I wanted to keep the broken base, I could glue it, and they were very kind in suggesting a type of glue to use to glue it, Um, and they would give me a $55 credit if I kept the broken base. Um, However, what was uh, even more disappointing is there was no mention whatsoever of the damaged body. So um, I I did actually reply uh, and say that, you know, I don't want a broken base, uh, I don't understand how you completely miss the fact that um, the body is damaged, considering that I actually sent you photos as requested. 
Um, and then I actually had a bit of a think about it and I was so disappointed because um, I went to the Sideshow website and found that uh, Sinestro is actually still for sale. The regular edition is for sale from the Sideshow website. <laughs> so to be actually be told that they were out of replacement parts but they're still selling the product in its entirety through their website, um, I, I just... I was at a loss for words and uh, I actually got quite annoyed. Um, you know, if you send someone a product and that product is faulty, you just replace it. So if you're selling it on your website, look, I don't pretend to understand the consumer laws in California, um, but if you sell something to someone and it's faulty, you just replace it or you give them their money back. And I don't understand how they can't replace a broken base when they've actually got statues for sale. Now, I understand the replacement parts are probably some part of a, you know, I don't know, a 10% overrun where they produce an, an additional 10%, um, you know, of each part. Um, but, you know, I, I pre-ordered this statue on the very first day. Um, it went up. I waited, I waited, I went through all the delays, did all the right things. They shipped me a broken statue and then basically can't do anything about it. Um, you know, being told that uh, I can glue the base and they'll give me a few bucks back was just the last straw. So uh, I sent a second reply back and said, please disregard my previous um, message. Um, uh, I'll, I'll take a full refund. Thank you. So my Sideshow Sinestro premium format statue is on its way back to the United States for a full refund. Um, there is actually uh, an upside to the story, and that is that um, considering the exchange rate in the Australian dollar with the American dollar, um, when they credit me back the money for the statue and for the shipping, um, it's a considerable amount of money in Australian dollars. Huh. Um, and I have already sourced a um, regular edition of the statue through a local wholesaler um, where I can get things at wholesale prices. Um, and so by getting the regular edition, I will actually lose the exclusive construct that comes with the, the exclusive, which I'm not a big fan of anyway. No. Nope. Um, and for the privilege of losing that exclusive um, extra bit, uh, I'll save about $110. So, so, you know, look, um, it's still going to work out and I'm still going to get my Sinestro. But, you know, the, the reason I'm giving the red card to Sideshow is I've had three consecutive statues now from them that have problems. And when you're charging $400, you know, 400 US dollars for a high-end collectible, it's really not acceptable. Um, and so when I don't know what their business model is, but whatever they're doing, it's not working as well as it should, um, and you know they've they've taken what was once a you know a hobby of mine that was filled with um, awe and anticipation when that box turned up on you know the front doorstep, and turned it into something where I've got this lurking dread um, that comes over me until I can get you know each new piece out and inspect it in full, and um, you know I think that's that's pretty sad that um, you know that they can do that to their customers. So. I think particularly the one thing that Sideshow really does seem to have a a problem with is, you know, they send things out that say uh, inspected mm-hmm. and, you know, so like the, the break in the base perhaps, you know, may have happened in transit, et cetera, but the, those cracks on the uh, torso, and I'm looking at the photos, um, 
the, that's something that would really have been pretty easy to spot and to mm. me should not have passed inspection. Um, and that, that's nothing new. That's an ongoing, um, you know, issue with sideshow. Um, and I think what they've got now too is they have people so primed to find fault with it that, you know, for me, I see a lot of people that seem to be sending stuff back or asking for replacement parts that I kind of don't know if there's actually anything wrong with them. They're just not perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I saw a lot of that. I saw people going, oh, you know, I can see this thing in the base and I'm not sure if it's a crack. I'm, don't, I'm not sure whether it's meant to be there or, you know, whether, um, you know, there's actually something wrong. But anyway, I'm going to ask for a replacement base anyway. And then they get a replacement uh, base and go, yeah, no, I've got a replacement base and it's pretty much the same as the previous one. And so then it's like, okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for, for using up all the replacement parts when I clearly have something that's you know, actually broken. Um, so, yeah, look, it's it's really disappointing. And as I said, you know, when those boxes used to arrive, I used to be so excited for, for what was inside. And now I'll forever be, um, I guess, just, you know, having that uh, that that creeping fear of, of what's inside and uh, having to get it out and inspect to sure that yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's worth keeping, basically. Yeah. You, you would think that um, the that someone in the business would kind of do a cost analysis of how much they must spend on replacement parts, uh, both your know, postage and the parts, and think, you know what, we probably could actually save money with just better quality control. Well, that's exactly right. And you look at some of these issues that are going out and um, you know how you, you mentioned that the base probably possibly got broken in transit, but there's other things that they could have checked. Um, you know, hold on to that thought and we'll revisit it in our discussion because um, you know, I'll have something to say about that. But um, during the week, uh, I don't know whether you remember, I had the uh, Sideshow Punisher comic kit based on the artwork of Ariel Olivetti. And um, it's, a, it's a beautiful statue. It's a, a really sort of muscular Punisher with a gun in the air. And um, it's one-fifth scale, so it doesn't actually fit in with anything else that I've got. And uh. I, I decided to take the plunge and get the, um, the one-quarter scale, sorry, the Punisher premium format statue that they did recently. Uh, and that's, that's kind of on its way. I haven't actually got it yet. So I decided to sell my Punisher comic yet, and I ended up selling it for three times what I paid for it. Because it's going silly on the on the secondary market, so I was very pleased. But when I actually got it out, because it was packed away to inspect it to make sure that um, it didn't have any sort of blemishes or anything like that, this statue was flawless, absolutely flawless. The paint was exquisite. It was, you know, all the, the bleed edges where two colours meet were just perfect. There was no overspray or anything like that. So I think something has definitely happened along the way. So, yeah. But anyway... Um, that is disappointing. It is. It is. And I'm quite disappointed that Sideshow have, um, you know, put me in a, in a place like that as a, collector, as a collector. So for that reason, Sideshow Collectibles, you're getting my red card of the week. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. And uh, we will be right back in a moment to discuss our Sideshow Catwoman premium format, um, which hopefully will be a happier story. Mutant warriors, Rattaro, Soulsman, Croon the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman, 
Tuska Warrior. The battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. Well, for our discussion topic this week, we are revisiting the Sideshow Collectibles premium format statues. Uh, it was only a few episodes ago that Scott and I did a breakdown of the Wonder Woman premium format statue, which we were blown away by. And uh, this week, we're looking at a Gotham City siren, and that is Catwoman, or I think she'll probably henceforth be known as the modern Catwoman premium format uh, uh. statue. So if uh, you're not into statues, you might want to just fast forward to the feedback. Um, but we're going to do a breakdown of this lovely lady, and uh, we got her, well, a couple of weeks ago now, didn't we? Uh, yeah, maybe three even. Hmm. All right. It's taken us that long to get around to it. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Scott, going back in the day when this lady was solicited, uh, what got you to press the pre-order button? Well, this one I was worried about because um, of the whole uh, prominent booty um, <laughs> thing. Uh, because, and, and you know, my wife, not well, fair enough. I think in a household of ladies and developing ladies, you know, that my beloved sometimes has issues with the way that female characters are portrayed. And my initial reaction to the way that this was solicited was, I'm never going to be allowed to display that. Um, but then, of course, the kind of completest bug got the best of me, so I pre-ordered her anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's actually turned out okay. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not to say that the booty is not prominent, but there are ways of displaying around it. And I think um, you've just summed up the reason why I pressed the pre-order on this, uh, and that is that the the nature of the, the way the portraits sit, uh, the way the head's attached to this statue you actually get um, quite a few interesting ways to display her. So, you know, the obvious way she's billed in the solicitation is that she she has her butt facing you and she's kind of, you know, looking over her shoulder at you with this sort of, sort of seductive look. But um, I think she looks equally good just facing front on and then looking away from you. So yep. uh, there certainly are plenty of options in, in the way you can actually display her. So, but anyway, this um, piece came from came out from Sideshow um, in the last sort of month or so. She was around four hundred US dollars. Um, now, a couple of things to note about this one is she actually does come with a switch out portrait as standard. So you do actually get two heads. Uh, one head is goggles up. One head is goggles down. Um, one is tilted slightly more to one side than another. Um, similar to the Batman premium format statue. Uh, another thing to note is that she actually does feature a full bodysuit, so that's like a, a pleather bodysuit, so they are actually making the most of the mixed media with this one. So um, she's uh, about 23 inches tall, and I was actually quite surprised at just how big she was due to the base. Oh, the base is huge. It is, it is, and it's, um, look... On its own, I think the base is stunning. Uh, the base sort of uh, looks like a bit of um, Gotham City architecture. It looks like the top of a building. You've got these um, lion's heads, it's kind of like gargoyles and, um, you know, some nice brickwork and, and all that sort of formwork. Um, looks very nice, but um, one thing I noticed immediately when I had her sitting on my coffee table, you know, in, in my collection room, was that the base is gigantic compared to the base of Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. Uh, so much so that when I popped her in between those two ladies, um, she absolutely dominates them. 
uh, which, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, as I said, I think the base on its own is nice, but it's uh, it's one of those design choices that you, you sit back and you go, yeah, guys, um, did anybody kind of sit and look at the other two before deciding on how to go with this one? Well, look, I think that uh, this is something I was reflecting on today when I unpacked my Sinestro, because um, he's got quite a thin base, which means he actually is more fl- a lot really flexible in terms of putting him amongst the other characters. Um, and Catwoman, you know, in, has got a re- such a wide base because of her wide stance. Mm. But it actually makes, like, you know, for someone like myself who, you know, I'm trying to display certain characters together, it does make it really challenging. And I think that there are ways that they could have kept the same stance but actually, you know, not gone for just a completely round base to make it a little bit more um, display space friendly. Yeah, and I'm, I would have been perfectly fine with a wide base because she does have a wide stance, um, but I would have quite happily uh, gone without the line heads on the base and just drop that down and, and make it a good kind of inch uh, shorter just to yes. sort of bring her a bit more in line with the other two Indeed. sirens. So it'll be interesting to see what the new Catwoman classic statue has in terms of a base. Mm. So uh, obviously... In terms of the brief of these, that's not something that they are taking into account. It's they're designing them as individual pieces, you know, which has merit, but it is definitely challenging. Yeah. All right. Well, this statue comes in uh, many, many pieces. Uh, in fact, if you go to the AFB Facebook page and have a look at Scott's um, a little sort of uh, gallery there, you'll actually see a, a shot of the statue as it comes out of the box, and there, there's many pieces. Um, obviously, Catwoman uh, comes, the body comes out and goes um, into the base, but then you need to attach uh, assorted heads and hands and whips and uh, cats. Um, <laughs> whips and cats. <laughs> whips and cats. Um, this one does actually feature a, uh, a black feline uh, as an additional piece, and that slots um, into the base by her feet. Um, one thing I quickly just Discovered with the, the cat um, when I was posing her is that the cat anchors in with one foot. There's a peg under um, one foot and uh, it fits into the base. But depending on how you'd want to display her, whether you want her uh, facing you and looking over her shoulder or you want her sort of booty um, facing you with her looking at you, um, you can actually position the cat um, any which way on the base. You just yep. simply you know, turn the cat around and um, using the square peg, place it back in the hole and, uh, yeah, you've got a few options there. So I thought that was quite clever. Um, but probably the most significant thing um, that you'll notice about um, this statue when you take it out is the fact that she's wearing the full body suit, um, which has to be a first, I think, for me and in any of my pieces. Uh, Rogue? Rogue's not completely... No, oh no, I guess Harley Quinn, sorry. Has oh, Harley Quinn, you're right, yeah. She does, yeah. 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 But I think just, just being that pleather um, makes it more obvious. Um, obvious, yeah. So what we have here is we have uh, we have a body, uh, oddly enough, and um, <laughs> the, the, the body has been sculpted in full and made from polystone and then some very clever people have come along and um, someone by the name of Jennifer Johnson um, has created or fabricated this costume that, that fits over the polystone body and is then stitched up. So um, that's quite interesting. 
Uh, and I actually think it works quite well. I think it looks fantastic. I think there are some slight limitations um, to the body. In particular, one element that is being referred to around the uh, the internet as um, uh, what do they call it? Diaper uh, diaper butt. Um, and that is that the the pleather suit kind of fits quite well, but because of the way the, the nature of the material and the way gravity works, um, it doesn't quite what's the polite word here um it's not it's not taking that g-string effect and um, and being quite tight at the bottom of her butt where her butt cheeks are um and so some people have actually found like batman and his um saggy armpits um as as we saw reported um it's sags down and it seems to vary from statue to statue and uh, i'm quite lucky mine's actually quite um, well done and it's not obvious at all so i was quite pleased uh yeah no mine's the same it's not i mean i haven't didn't i said didn't spend a lot of time staring at that <laughs> particular thing but um i didn't notice any undue sagginess <laughs> shall That's we say fantastic yeah I, I i would love actually to chat to someone who designs that you know, these kind of costumes because i imagine you know it's quite a quite a challenge when you think about particularly the way that she is twisted um that i would imagine that the design is not just you know designing it for um a vanilla pose body but actually really having to design for the pose um so you know quite clever and then i'd love to know just the process of how they actually get it on yeah absolutely yeah she must be sewn into it don't you think i, I think so there's, there's oh, that would be so thing. hard yeah um i do actually see uh in one thread uh someone who got a particularly bad piece the pleather material was obviously pulled too tightly um, and so it's stretched and it creates this sort of white spot ripple effect um, and it was quite bad on, on this particular person's statue. So um, he got a replacement body and he was asked to destroy um, so destroy his, his original one and so he uh, showed uh, shared some photos of the statue without the, the body, um, sorry, without the, the costume on so you could actually see how it was actually placed onto the body. Wow. Um, now, one thing that was interesting is if you actually look at the credits for this piece, you'll see a number of people listed as the sculptor, and one of them is um, someone that I admire very much, and that is Mark Newman. Um, Mark Newman was the very first guest we interviewed on the show, and um, he is an absolutely lovely fellow, incredibly talented, um, and uh, I like this piece so much that I actually fired off a message to Mark to say um, how impressed I was. And in Mark's um, very, uh, yeah, gratuitous way, he not gratuitous, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, gracious. Gracious, that's the one, thank you very much. <laughs> um, he, he was indeed in, in, very, very gracious. And I asked him what um, his role was in the piece and he sculpted her from head to toe. So the other sculptors listed there are the folks that did the um, the base because the base is done digitally, whereas he um, did traditional sculpt work for the uh, the body. So, so Mark is the man who made her look so bootylicious. And um, <laughs> great I'm, job, Mark. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm prepared to start an online petition that if they get around to doing Black Canary, Mark must actually sculpt her. So. Um, all right, well, I did mention before stay tuned and, and keep those thoughts handy because um, 
you, you were actually talking about the the quality control in regards to sideshows pieces and uh, I unpacked my catwoman took out the base took out the bits and pieces and went wow this is amazing I can't wait to get this together and her foot peg wouldn't fit in the base oh no uh, it was so tight it wouldn't even go down a millimeter um, and I just sat there frustrated after the whole Wonder Woman debacle, not even knowing that Sinestro was still to come. Um, and I, I was just astonished because I understand that someone probably looks over the main statue for any flaws. Someone probably looks over the base to make sure there are no chips uh, or any flaws like that. But the fact that the person packing this piece into the box didn't actually stop and go, oh, I'm putting in a body, I'm putting in a base, I might actually check that they fit. Um, I, I, I just, to me, says, um, you, know, you know, enormous amounts about how quality control is done on these pieces, you know, the fact that you didn't bother. Um, so I spent the next hour with um, my hobby files and some wet and dry paper um, sanding the foot peg, uh, the metal foot peg uh, on this statue and also filing out the hole before it finally fit in. Um, and, you know, you can imagine my mood after that. Uh, and sure, once I got her all complete and set up, she looks fantastic. But when you're spending $400 on a high-end collectible, you shouldn't have to spend an hour of work um, to fit it together. So, you know, I, I think that's that's pretty much despicable, really. Um, all right. So, um, look, once you get her together, uh, one thing that is, is interesting, and, and I'll share for people who might be on the fence about getting this piece, is... Um, when you look at her from front on, she has that traditional black suit that um, is part of her, uh, her, I guess, her rebooted look, the, the black cat suit. Um, it is actually unzipped so that it shows her cleavage. Um, it is a real zipper. Uh, so this zip does actually move up and down. However, there's a small dab of glue on the back of the, the zipper that actually prevents it moving up and down. Um, and a few people with uh, a little bit too much time on their hands have actually wriggled around with the zipper, managed to clear the glue, and then the zipper moves up and down quite freely. Um, and so then you can choose uh, as to how much, um, I guess, uh, you know, you want to show on your Catwoman statue. <laughs> um, yes. I did sit mine, like, I was afraid, obviously, of breaking anything but I did manage to kind of just zip mine up a tiny little bit for, <laughs> you know, family security. Yes. Um, and one thing you one thing to note is um, for those people who can be bothered, um, she's actually fully sculpted. Uh, I don't know how to say this discreetly, um, mm. but Mark has sculpted her in her entirety. Um, and the thing is, whoever painted her before putting on the bodysuit um, painted everything in its entirety. Oh my! From this is this is from the uh, the, the the chest region. Matron. Shall I say. Yes, yes. She Are you is, saying um, that she has got painted nipples? Yes. Good heavens! They are sculpted and they are painted. Whoa! Um, unlike Harley Quinn, who is sculpted but not painted, this is. Um, How do you know that? Oh, someone posted some photos. Duh, these people someone. that take the clothes someone. off their dollies—they freak me out. Mm, mm. Yeah, but most dollies don't have that underneath. So, <laughs> all right. So, moving on, we end up with um. Well, let's let's start from the top and work down. We've got two portraits. So, as I said, there is the goggles up and the goggles down. Um, the goggles up portrait is one that suffered a lot from quality control. A lot of people had googly eyes. Um, she had the Marty Feldman thing happening. Um, <laughs> some people had um 
sort of blobs of white paint that actually covered pupils in their entirety. Um, one thing a lot of people noted was that she has blue eyes and she should actually have green eyes, um, which, to be honest, I now that you mention it, I don't think I ever really knew Catwoman's eye colour, but um, there you go. Um, I'm quite lucky. My, my goggles up portrait is um, quite good. I think the reason why she looks googly eyed for some people is, um, she's looking to the left. So her eyes are sitting over to the left hand side. And so the, the decals they use to, to put pupils, uh, in the eyes on the statues, if you get one slightly off compared to the other, you get that sort of horrendous Marty Feldman look. So yours are good. Yeah, mine are good. I mean, I think too that it is. This is the kind of thing that is very subjective. When you look at photos that people post of things, a lot of it depends on the angle, etc. And as you said, if you look at it straight on, well, she she is designed to be looking to the left. So um, I thought mine are fine. They're great. Yeah, and which, uh, um, which head? I mean, both of you guys. Which which head are you going to display this with in your cases? Goggles up. Yeah, goggles up. And I think it's because she's got this really subtle smirk yes. on her face. There's a um, a wry smile going on there that says, you know, she knows something that you don't or something similar, and um, that just works for me. I think the goggles down portrait is very good. I do too. And I like it more than I thought I was going to actually. Yeah, and for me I think this is one of those rare pieces where I, I could find myself every now and then just swapping it over and, and genuinely going no, through the change. please, I would never do that. <laughs> uh, hey, um, we didn't talk about the box. Oh, the box. Uh, the box. You know, one thing that when we talked about Wonder Woman that I was really uh, liked was that they put these buffers uh, into her box, um, start from kind of buffers to tr- create a second layer of protection. Um, unfortunately, no such luck for Catwoman um, or Sinestro. Uh, my Catwoman box is fine. My Sinestro box is actually a bit dinged up. Um, um, that That's actually a common thing. Mine actually had the styrene was broken. On Catwoman? Uh, on, on Sinestro. Oh, and yeah, okay, yeah. The outer box was perfect. Yeah. So you have to sort of that, you know, question marks. But anyway, look, the the box on this is actually quite nice. It is, yeah. Uh, One thing that's unusual about, well, uh, actually, I take that back. Um, We've commented before that there's not really a consistent styling to um, these, but this actually does uh, sit nicely with the Poison Ivy in that it's actually got the the sirens art on it. Did Harley Quinn have that as well though? I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> so, the, you know, this would, I mean, not that I can't imagine many people actually displaying the boxes together, but the um, poison Ivy box actually had that, that same art. And now Arnold, can you sort out the, um, uh, find that out? But yeah, actually my Catwoman box and you can actually see in my photos actually does have a few kind of creases in the side because of that, um, you know, lack of protection. Because without those extra buffers, you've just got a fairly thin, um, you know, layer of cardboard between yourself and the box. And obviously the main point of the box is that the statue arrives safely, but still it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. However, I mean, I've had a couple of my, a couple back in the day when I was collecting the Marvel ones that arrived with like a huge gash in the actual, like not the outer box, but the inner box just from... You know, lack of care and handling. So, 
All right. So once uh, getting back to our, our uh, portraits, once you've selected your portrait, you move on and you need to attach the arms. Um, and this is where I think um, Soja have done something fantastic and her left hand is holding her whip. Um, which is great. So instead of just being, you know, I think, you know, Wonder Woman was a bit disappointing that she's just got this really sad little bit of gold string, um, you know, sort of done on her waist. Uh, Catwoman, no, not uh, not even close. She actually comes with her whip, which um, is about 200 feet long. <laughs> Perhaps a slight exaggeration, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one little safety tip is that before you attach that hand with the whip attached, you need to uh, organize the way that you want the whip displayed around the body. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be taking it off again. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, look, this um, the whip actually does allow you to pose it. Um, it is very, very long, but when you take it out, it's uh, in a little hidden compartment in the, in the, the box. Um, it's coiled, and... When you take it out, it starts to slowly uncoil a little bit, but what you effectively do is lower it over her head, over her body, and then you attach the arm, which snaps in nicely with the magnet. Um, I think most people have actually left their whip pretty much as it's shown in the uh, the solicitation images, so it actually curls around the body um, as if she's it's twirling awesome. it around her. Yeah, it's awesome. very impressive. There's so clever. A lot of flexibility in how you can actually display that. It works quite well. The material's quite strong. It looks like something that is actually going to age well. I don't know that I'd actually spend a lot of time constantly bending it and rebending it and reshaping it. Um, I think find something that works for you and then just leave it alone Yes. Um, in terms of longevity. Yes. Um, that works quite well. Uh, and then we move on to the exclusive department, and that is the right hand. You come, It comes with two options for the right hand. One is sort of an open, clawed hand, and the other is the exclusive, which is Catwoman holding a bag of gems that uh, she has just appropriated from her latest job. Um, not the most amazing um, <laughs> exclusive. In fact, um, I actually had to go back to the Sideshow website to actually see what the exclusive was because I at first I thought it was the um, the switch-out portrait. Yeah. And I went back and went, oh, it's just the oh. hand. That's- but uh, honestly, I prefer that because I think things that – are you know it's a nice way of being able to show that you've got the exclusive as opposed to like a swap out portlet, portrait like the Harley one which I you know I really can't imagine choosing to display that mm. unmasked head over the you know classic head um and I mean I don't care whether people you know know that oh that's the exclusive but still yeah. I like. I think this is a bit lame, but I prefer that kind of exclusive, like the Wonder Woman axe hand, mm-hmm. you know, Batman Batarang hand. The thing that is a little bit um, tricky about this is that the bag of jewels is not attached to that hand. It is sculpted, but then it's just on a little uh, handle that you've got to wrap around the right fingers and you want to be careful because that is a sculpted piece. So if it drops, then it's going to break. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I noticed that straight away. Like as soon as I took the little bag out of it, oh god, I'm going to have to go in there and try and hang it over these <laughs> tiny, tiny fingers. sculpted fingers yes. that well, just. And, uh, and this is where I mean, this this is 
the moments where I really wonder wh- what it is I've done with my life when I'm, you know, like on, got this toy, you know, apart, and then I'm on my uh, phone trying Google imaging pictures to work out how, where this is supposed to sit because <laughs> because she's got her little pinky hanging out. And then I thought, oh, is it meant to be hanging on the pinky? That looks a bit precarious, you know. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, those are moments where you kind of stand outside yourself and go, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I was um... – yeah, doing much the same thing. I thought, gosh, where am I going to actually hang this over? And knowing my luck, I'll go in carefully and then, you know, one of my giant sausage fingers will bump one of her tiny microscopic fingers and snap it off. And, um, yes, but anyway, I did get it over. And I think it's the sort of thing you'd have to be careful because if you decided to rotate her every now and then for a different look, you'd have to be careful that it didn't sort of just fall off and, and become a cat toy or something like that. Uh, yes, yeah. You know, you yeah. always could make another little hangy bag out of fabric for yourself and hang it there. Oh, that's right. You could. I did mm. I did think that, that it was a bit of a, I don't know, like a, a, a strange way to introduce that because it is sculpted and yeah, it seems to be possibly quite easily either lost or broken. Mm. Mm. So, collector beware. That's right. Maybe somebody will snag your jewels. Oh, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. All right. So anyway, that completes the uh, assembly of the piece, um, more and more complicated with each statue. Uh, so she's together. Um, so she has the, the pleather bodysuit, but her boots and her gloves are actually sculpted and painted uh, pieces. So um, it's really just from the, the neck down. And uh, I think the pleather works quite well and actually is very, very form-fitting and, um, the, you know, other than the, uh, you know, the, the diaper butt that a couple of people have suffered, I think it actually works extremely well. I'm, I'm very impressed with how they've managed to execute this. Oh, it, this, it's amazing. I wonder if, if some of those issues with the pleather, though, have been because of uh, transportation and freeze-thaw type weather. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think this is the sort of thing where time will tell as to how well it ages. You know, we've actually found now that certain action figures um, with, you know, rubber capes and that sort of thing uh, haven't aged particularly well. Uh, and there were some comments about Swamp Thing in the DC Universe Classics when he came in as to how well he'll age. So I think this is also going back to, you know, talking about the challenges of designing this. This is just a inherent you know, there's just some gravity happening there. You know, you've got her, her butt is big, like she's got major bubble butt happening. And so there's just some limitations to how uh, uh, skin tight you can actually make this outfit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, it's the kind of thing that, uh, I don't know, with things like that, I kind of think, really, are you, you know, would you really worry about, people noticing that like if they do then they're really creepy <laughs> <laughs> yes that's like occasionally when my my you know your my wife will say you know like does this around my chest does it look a bit or whatever and i'm like honestly no but if anyone noticed that then i'm gonna punch them like if they're because then why are they looking there you know like <laughs> Ooh, i'd like to see that <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You don't want to um, mess. You don't want to mess with me. <laughs> uh, 
so in terms of uh, paintwork, there's actually not that much to actually report on. Uh, it looks like most of the detail is actually in the base. Um, you've certainly got that well-weathered building uh, appearance with some brickwork and some um, some concrete formwork, etc. Um, there is actually some skin uh, tone on her chest, um, and then the rest of the work is uh, is actually on her face because the um, the rest of the head, the gloves, the boots are all just painted in a gloss black. Do you think the um, goggles are decals, or? Like, you know, the um, red, oh. silvery bit of the goggle, are they no. decals or are they paint? No, I think they're actually painted, just yeah. painted with a metallic yeah. red. Because the, um, the paint on my unmasked face is really nicely done. Like, you know, she's mm. got little bits of hair that are um, popping out underneath the mask um, that, you know, where you, and, of course, eyebrows and things where you could really have issues, but it's all really nicely done. Um Lips nicely done, um, too. And gosh, I just love the, the sculpting of that face. Like you said, that little smirk is just, it's amazing. Yeah, they've done a fantastic job. They have. All up, I'm quite blown away. I think they've done a really, really good job. And other than my uh, horrendous foot fitting, uh, incident. Um, yeah. I'm very pleased. Yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, in Adelaide this last week visiting my friends at the Adelaide Comic Centre, and we actually had the, – there was a chap in there that was talking about an issue that he'd had with a, a statue, and we had this whole discussion about crazy things that we've done to – fix issues with expensive thing toys that we bought. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I had to boil this and stick that in the mm-hmm. freezer and da, da, da. Um, so, but that, you know, the limit of my uh, handiness does not extend to having to file things really. I would find that extremely challenging. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was challenging and frustrating because you only wanted to do a little bit at a time and then test and then a little bit and test and a little bit and test because I didn't want to suddenly have this, you know, this hole that you know, she was rocking around. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, a- a- as you said, to me that would be a fairly essential part of the quality control process. Mm-hmm. Like do all the bits of this actually fit together? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they could even be put in in the, the package at different times, though. Mm, you're right. Of course, you know, of course. By different yeah, people. Of course. So, yeah, um, yeah, I imagine. A, yeah, a, a conveyor belt or whatever you call it, an assembly line. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we're not we're not talking that there are millions of these. Mm. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if there were. Yeah, you know, this was, you know, number five of a hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, but it's you. You would think. And certainly there are other companies that, um, you know, Bowen as an example, that managed to do, uh, you know, this without these sort of issues. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nothing new. You know, it's been as long as I've been uh, collecting the premium formats, um, and, and obviously, when you introduce mixed media and also the number of uh, pieces um, and, you know, the, the level of detail here, that obviously also introduces the potential for more problems. Yeah. But, you know, as as long as I've been collecting this stuff and reading other people's experiences of them, um, there have been issues. Uh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Uh- I guess um, I mentioned earlier that um, she fits in well with the other sirens, but uh, something that does look a bit peculiar is when she's in the vicinity of Batman, and I think it oh. makes me 
even yeah. more evident that Batman is actually oversized. Um, Batman really is um, not one quarter at all. Uh, he's sort of one 3.75. Uh, I think that the uh, circumference of her base makes it does make that challenging because she looks um smaller because she's a bit more isolated you can't kind of put her in proximity in the way that you might like to so even to me like when i look at my photos like which harley in poison ivy she looks a little bit smaller um which she isn't really like she's decently in scale but um yeah yeah you wouldn't want to put her too close to to batman Mm. um Putting Sinestro up with that group today highlights it even more. Makes Green Lantern look the right size. Um, they're actually in scale with each other, which is I've always been a little bit dubious about Green Lantern, but really Batman is mm. bad, bad. Well, I mean, I know I get in trouble, um, you know, when I mention this, but <gasps> yeah. um, Sinestro is six foot seven. So a lot of people actually forget that, particularly illustrators. You know, he's actually been billed for a long time as being, you know, six foot seven. Extra tall. Yeah. That's that's pretty huge. Um, The only thing I I haven't mentioned is, and I am not a numbers dude, but my Catwoman is number five of whatever. (laughs) And I was blown away because I've never had anything like that. Um, Of course, now I've got Sinestro number four, so it's not really that special. Yeah, well, that's right. I know. I don't know what the deal is but <laughs> yay <laughs> and I, I sent you a message and said huh you think you did well with catwoman i got number 1404 <laughs> <laughs> wow and only because that happens to be my favorite number that's right <laughs> actually the number that would be most exciting for me was if i ever got an 88 because 88 is a very uh special number in our family because when my youngest was little she was obsessed with 88 <laughs> everything was like how many do you have there 88 how old is daddy turning today 88 uh we've actually got some video of her doing her 88 thing so that so five schmive give me an 88 that would be really exciting oh, i have to get on the forums and see if someone wants to swap uh, uh, i'm sure they would <laughs> i i would love to i think actually i'd love to do a discussion topic about numbering someday because some people are obsessed about it yeah, yeah. There was actually a company for a long time that used to buy statues in bulk from Bowen so that they could actually acquire a certain range of numbers. And if you bought your statues from this particular company, you would always get that particular, you could reserve, you know, number 55 um, wow. of every statue that you bought. Yeah, interesting. That's cool. I mean, certainly there are, depending on, you know, your beliefs and cultural background, etc. there are certain beliefs and cultural background that have, you know, good numbers Mm. Um, so I get that, but then it's people that just like would pay more for a low number. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't think that that actually means that that's the fifth statue made. Mm. I, you know, I, I would, I, I think because in, in even, how do you know that, it, it, you know, like, as John said, they're not all done at the same time. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there actually is a star Wars character and figure that is eight. Letter D and eight. Eight D eight. Eight D eight. Oh, eight D eight. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the droids from da- Jabba's dungeon. Well, there's IG eighty eight. Well, yeah, and him Hello. too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, overall, uh, I'm very impressed with this piece. Love it. Indeed. All right. He's hoping we can uh, have a positive Sinestro talk in the next few weeks. Please. Well, we've got one half positive. Oh, it's not all positive because there's a couple of issues, but anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic. And uh, when we come back in a moment, we will have some feedback and then wrap things up. Spike Orr and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Orr. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike Orr is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you may just hear it read out. And, uh, oh, Scott, I think you've got stuff. Oh, I certainly do. We have an email from regular correspondent IC Robots. And he says, wow, thanks for the generous mention and the super positive comments. I really appreciate it. You guys are aces. We know. And he <laughs> says, hey, I didn't know there wasn't rabies down under. I've read in some zombie fiction that the disease bears a comparison to our humble rabies virus. So I know where I'm going to be heading when it all goes down, right down to your neck of the woods. I'll <laughs> message ahead so you can keep my cot ready. <laughs> anyway, another great episode this week. And thanks again for keeping us all entertained with a weekly dose of Toy Talk. Thanks, I see robots. Hmm, very good. All right, so I've got a couple. Uh, first one is from Lamar the Revenger via Instagram, and it says, uh, Great episode. Agree, Star Wars Black has some of the worst distributions at retail. I'm starting to think the local stores won't even reorder them because of how the Greedo and Slave Layer are just peg warmers. Just sad. And we got one from Larry. And uh, very short and to the point. Um, Hey, Scott, you recently asked for ideas about characters to discuss that have been action figures. Um, The last one you did was Batgirl. Anyway, I think in light of Leonard Nimoy's passing, you should do Mr. Spock. Live long and prosper. That is a great idea. Mm. Um, A little side note, this email is actually how I found out that he passed away. Oh. Oh, Spoilers, Larry. (laughs) Like It was sent um, pretty much right on his passing. Wow. Obviously, I woke up at time zone. I woke up, read that, and I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? I know. Yeah, but that is actually a great idea. Hmm. Yeah, true. All right. And uh, John? Well, my first little bit of feedback comes from Short Packer. Um, I assume this is on Instagram, so if you guys can follow us on Instagram at Action Figure Blues there. But um, he says you guys need to Instagram more of the red cards. So no I problem. turn this over to, yeah, Chief... Red card correspondent, Scott. <laughs> I've already put up uh, last week's red card on there, and uh, we can put up said broken Sinestro pictures as well, I'm sure. Um, but no problem. That is a great idea. I hadn't thought of it, but thank you, Short Pekka. Will do. Very good. And my last little thing here, um, Arnold has passed in a message, and it appears that between the time we reported in the news just a few minutes ago, and now we have got a reveal of the Hulkbuster actually opening up. So it does, the head pops off, it opens up, and it has a bust of a Mark mm, something. (laughs) 327.2. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Was that 63 or something? Iron. So let me me get this straight. The Hulkbuster armor has got... Iron Man in Iron Man armor inside. Yes. Yes. I did not and know inside that. inside that armor is Tony Stark, but we don't know if that armor opens up yet. True. 
Wow, that'd be pretty awesome. I suppose if that's just it, it says it's a bus, so I'm assuming it's just the chess piece. But yeah. if the head was swappable, I mean, there are Tony heads out there, so you could actually True. probably do that. I, I would tend to think it would be a separate piece as opposed to um, that it's actually inside. I think that would be really hard. So maybe there is swappy options. That's well, nice. I suppose you know, for a billion dollars, you're going to want something like that for sure. I want the swap out thing so that I can put like Heisenberg. That's in, right. Yeah. I think that would be so cool. Hot Toys, are you listening? Mm, I guess so. Well, it, it does the way that it opens up. It looks like the chest kind of is hinged and pops open. Those little uh, latches have come undone and stuff. But it, it, it makes the price seem a little better, at least. So. Uh, I don't know. Does it do my laundry as well? I didn't say it was within range of that you know like possibility i just said for sure makes us if i'm gonna spend yeah the same amount on a toy as i would have to spend to like replace my washing machine then i would like it to also do my laundry truth Hmm. all right wow another show yay thanks for all the feedback guys that's awesome yeah very much appreciated yep and don't forget our um subreddit as well just go to reddit.com and search AFB podcast. Thank you for those people that have found it and are putting news items there because we want it so that you can highlight to us the things that we have not discovered. Hmm. And, and Scott can't get any of the other hosts to sign up for Reddit. Yeah, um, it's just me and um, Toontown Tommy too. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you know that's not one of us. <laughs> true. Uh uh, well, I did see our friend Andy Bentley did post something up there that was like not news, it was more a sale thing. But um, Andy, I want you to put um, Transformers news there. <laughs> yes. Yes, so that we can cover it. You ought to put an explanation as well so that we say the right things. But still, if you do, we'll read it out. Sounds good. Yay. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Take care. Good night, Argentina. See you next week. Oh, night, Adam. Oh, did I take your thing? Yes. Yeah, and whose thing was it originally? Mm, pretty sure it was mine. Okay. Yes, and then you abandon him. I well, can um, can I just borrow it back? I'm giving you I both suppose. attention. Whatever. Go and see the principal. <laughs> Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter, at AFBlues, and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. You're ready. Hey, fever's gone berserk, so don't be surprised if I suddenly sniff. <laughs> All right. Wait, we're starting. What? Yeah, we're the starting. show is commencing. You've got the end.
You've got the end. Oh. All right. In five, four, three. Warning. This episode will contain discussion about collectible statues and therefore may not be suitable for some listening audiences. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 159, for the week of Wednesday, the 11th of March, 2015. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Oh, I I was admiring your intro so much that I forgot that I it was my turn. <laughs> Yay, me. Um, shall we try that again? Oh, oh, you, you're going to yeah. do that intro again. No, 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 no. As in, <laughs> count me in and I'll just say my name as, as scripted. Yes. Mr. Heisenberg. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> Five, four, three. Oh, it's going to be a long night. Oh, no, I'm going I'm to so get another Pepsi Max. I'm going to I'm need two. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just, then I was like, oh, it's my turn. I promise. One more, give, <laughs> get, please, please give me one more chance. I'm sure I would be a great addition to this show. <laughs> just give me what, a go. What, what time is it there? Just, it's it's not. It's the same time as we're on the same time zone this week. Just, I'm, just checking. Just yeah, checking. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Nah. Okay, go. In five. Scott! Oh, no. Damn it. Okay. Six, seven. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. And we are not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And Scott, you're going to kick things off. I am. I've got our top stories as voted by you on our Reddit, which is at reddit.com forward slash AFB podcast. No, it's not. It really isn't. What is it? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing. It's the thing with the slash and the. And the... Well, now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game. Name that. Our good friend John, aka Engineer Nerd from TV and Film Toys dot com, presents us with an action sound or a fuck. I have no idea. <laughs> an action sound. An action sound. You, well, you just just listen. He's going to put his hand in his his armpit and yep. oh, good go crazy. Where that was going. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as opposed to the you know action silences, which you know are obviously the hardest level of the audio version of Name That. Yeah, here it goes. Uh, <laughs> in five, four, three. 